If you have your Bible, follow me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter number 16. I'm going to read verses 13 to 19. Then we jump to 22. Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to read 13 to 19. And then we jump to 22. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? 14. He says, And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, that's Isaiah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Go on. He said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. Go, to, go on. He says, And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let's go to verse 22 quickly. Verse 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Jesus was telling him after verse 19 that he's going to die, you know, and Peter was saying that you will not die. And Jesus in verse 23. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but things that be of men. I want to talk to you as we conclude our entering uncharted territory, the series on what I call operating in divine revelation. Operating in divine revelation. Everything I have taught you or said to you about entering uncharted territories, this is the summary of it all. Operating in divine revelation. In our text, we see Jesus asking his disciples, who do men say that I am? See, you are, some of them say that uh, you are Elijah, some say you are Isaiah, some say you are Jeremiah, some say you are the prophet, that, uh, one of the prophets. And then Peter said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus now said to him, blessed art thou. He says, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you except my father in heaven. Meaning that Peter caught a revelation from heaven. And listen to me. For you to succeed in any aspect of your life, you need divine revelation. And when we talk about um, divine revelation, most of the time people think that um, divine revelation is about uh, 
you know, about cutting. Everywhere is shaking, you know, that African magic experience. No. Divine revelation, if you ask for a definition, is God consistently supplying you information via or through channels that is peculiar to you. Divine revelation is God consistently or constantly supplying you information through channels that are, spe that are specific or peculiar to you. One of the things that you must understand is that there are different types of revelation in our time. We will get to that later. But we're talking about revelation that comes from God. Jesus Christ said to Peter, flesh and blood had not revealed this to you. Meaning the implication of that statement is that flesh and blood can reveal things to you. Do you understand? Good. But he said, flesh and blood didn't tell you this one. That it came from my father in heaven. I pray for somebody here today. That the kind of revelation that you begin to receive is the one that comes directly from the God Almighty. Amen. It says flesh and blood did not reveal this. So there are categories of people who receive revelation from the devil. Some people receive revelation from man. But we are talking about revelation that comes from God. And if you read that scripture with me, you will find out that revelation brings so many things. Number one, the beginning, the thing, what happens with revelation is that it makes you different. It makes you distinct. What happened in that scripture? Immediately, Jesus, immediately Peter said that thou art the Christ. Jesus answered in verse 17 and said unto him, blessed art thou. Once you begin to operate in divine revelation, you become a candidate of God's blessings. Why? Because God will be revealing certain things that no man would have been able to know. Yeah. A pastor was building a church and while the church building was going on, they were still just like in the stages where we are now. He just called a meeting of all the building committee and he said to them, he said, um, we are going to suspend our building for now. This is what we are going to do. Between now and the next three months, everything that we need to import, all the gadgets, equipment, everything that we need to import, we are going to buy them in the next three months. Uh -uh. The building committee people, they were wondering that, uh-uh. Is it now when you finish building house that you will now buy chair? How can you buy chair when you have not finished uh, building the house? And they tried to resist, but the pastor said, no, I'm sorry. That's a divine instruction. And even me, I cannot break it. Now they bought the equipment. They even had to hire a place where they started because they, were, they bought the equipment in millions. 
They stored it somewhere. Six months after that meeting, at that time, the exchange rate at that time was, um, was, I think, if I can remember clearly from the story, it was about 200. Six months from that time, the exchange rate become, became 500 plus. Now, what happened? The pastor, the pastor said that while he was praying, and he was praying about the church building, God said to him, leave the church building, start importing all your equipment now. Because in six months, the money that you have will not be able to import the things that you will need. That's divine revelation. No minister for finance can tell you that. No president can tell you that. The kind of information that comes from God is information that is beyond the understanding or comprehension of man. That's why it's important that you operate in divine revelation. When the, the Bible says, when men say there is a casting down, you shall say there is a lifting. The people that will say there is a lifting are people that have information that the other men don't have. It is information that separates you. Even in our generation, we teach it. Information is part of the success equation. We always, if you have attended any of those seminars on prosperity or whatever, they will tell you that the difference, the major, one major difference between the rich and the poor is information. One difference between the person that will enter a one-chance a, a one vehicle or the person that will be kidnapped and the person that will not is information. Yeah. Somebody entered the vehicle, waiting for the vehicle to fill up. About two people to enter and the other said, get down from here. And the lady said, she came down. She was frustrated because she was late to where she was going. And you know there are some places where you are going, the vehicle has to fill up. It's not the one that they will be carrying people as they are going. The vehicle has to fill up first before they move. So she had to wait for another vehicle to fill up. By the time they were passing, when her own vehicle was filled up, the vehicle that went ahead of her was involved in an accident. It was information, revelation, that changed that situation. That's it. If you are going to operate in uncharted territories and be successful at it, you must operate in divine revelation. God must be talking to you about something. If not, you'll be living your life like every other person. Oh yeah. You know, some people want to marry and they have a checklist. They've checked the list. He must be hardworking. They check it. He must uh, be dark. Dark complexion and broad shoulders. Check. He must uh, have like two other side hustles apart from his uh, main source of income. Check. He must have a recent car, not older than three or four years. Check. Must have. He must have. Um, 
Not too many sisters, but too many brothers. I don't want sister-in-laws. Their drama is too much. So, check. He must be able to speak. He must be a public speaker. He must be able to express himself in public. Check. He must have money to fly me, or sorry, fly us to at least two countries per annum for holiday and for retreat. Check. There's nothing that, you, that can make you check and know that this one is going to marry a second wife. There's no parameter in the physical that can tell you that this uh, side hustle, aside from his, uh, his main, uh, main source of income, that in six months after the wedding, they are going to sack him. And two of those side hustles, his friends will dupe him. There's no parameter to check that. You can only know tomorrow from the person that has already entered tomorrow today. That is why you must operate in divine revelation. Before we begin to talk about it, let's talk a little about some categories of divine revelation. Some of the things that you need to know. Number one, every divine revelation must begin with the revelation of who God is. Every revelation must begin. See, people have, people, listen to me, hold on. If you are writing, just pause for a while and look at me. People have made mistakes, avoidable mistakes in their decision-making systems and in their depending on what somebody told them about something. And people have run into debts. People have run into errors. People have entered depression because they did something without receiving direct instruction from heaven. And that's what I want to, that's why I am bringing this to you. Yeah. That's why I'm bringing this to you. That's what Paul was trying to explain when he said that you should look not on the things which are seen because the things which are seen are temporal. All those checklists that we are talking about, they are temporal. The things that can be seen are temporal. It says we should dwell on the things that are not seen. Things that are not seen, like divine revelation. Like God speaking to you about something. You have had a business proposition and you are supposed to transfer the money tomorrow. And in the dead of the night, God comes to you and says, don't transfer that money, delay it for two days. And then if you wake up in the morning, people are calling you. Ah, we are waiting, we are waiting. You say, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I will not be able to do it now. Some things came up, you know, but in two days or so, I'll be able to do it. They say, ah, this thing is going to go if you waste time. We are going to, in fact, we have somebody that wants to do it now. Now, it's because of you, because we like you. It's divine revelation that has just saved you from a fraud. 
People have invested monies into things that brought sickness to their body because they did not hear from God. People have committed their future. They have committed their lives in the name of marriage to a man that they can see, not knowing that he's a demon. So many things are happening. That's why it's important that we take what we're talking about here seriously. Listen to me. The people that you are in competition with in your office, or in your place, in your place of work, or in your business, or whatever it is you are doing, in your career and all that, you don't know where they do their own consultation. Yeah. You don't know the ones that go at night to go and slit an animal and release the blood somewhere, and they do one or two things that the man or woman has told them to do. You don't know. And you think that the, you are operating on a level playing field. No, in the realm of the spirit, there's nothing like a level playing field. It is eat or be eaten, kill or be killed. That's the principle in the realm of the spirit. Yeah. When the Bible is saying the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force, you think he's talking about, uh, <laughs> I wake up in the morning, my alarm rings at five o'clock, I wake up, take my bath. Mm -mm. He's talking about transactions in the spirit. Is by fire or by force. You either eat or be eaten. Kill or be killed. So some people enter into the realm of the spirit and do all sorts of things. They come out in the physical and things are happening against you and you think that it is a coincidence. No. It is the violence that they get it by force. Divine revelation is the compass that you need to pilot the aircraft of your destiny. Divine revelation is what you need to go through the journey of your life sweatless. One of the things that Jesus said to Peter from verse 18 and 19, he says, I will give on this rock, that's the rock meaning on the revelation of what he just said on divine revelation on that rock i will build my church meaning the church is supposed to be built up on divine revelation and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it it didn't stop there it says i will give unto you the keys that whatever you bind has been bound whatever you lose has been loosed what does it mean sweatless victories where does it come from divine revelation I will give you keys and anything you determine that's what it is it comes from divine revelation quickly let's look at categories of revelation number one is the revelation of who God is you must know God you must have a revelation of who he is listen if I take my son out and we go into, say, a store. Okay, let me never say a store. I take my son out and I take him to a restaurant. And when you go to the restaurant, they give you a menu. And my boy is asking questions. The question he will ask me is, Daddy, what is this? And you know, in those restaurants, when they write the item, they will write the price beside it. Abi, my boy is not interested in the price. Why? 
his daddy is here. He has a revelation of who his daddy is. He's interested in what the thing is, not how much it costs. Why? Because he, have a, he has a revelation that the last time we came here, my daddy paid, he did not complain. Today that we are here, he will pay. If we come again tomorrow, he will still pay. That's a revelation. That's what I'm talking about. You must have a revelation of who God is. You must know the abilities, capacities, and the potent, the potency of the Almighty. Some people are coming to church, they don't know God. <laughs> and that's what we do. After the pastor will now say, I want you to make a request or write seven prayer requests. They say, hey, Lord, <laughs> some people are owing me money since last year. Touch their hearts to pay. How much are they owing you? 14,750 naira. That's what you are presenting before the Almighty. Why? You don't have a revelation of who he is. Yeah. You don't. You don't. I don't know how many people here have been to a beach before. You've been to a beach, not at Fisher Wano. A beach, you know, the, the shores of an ocean. If you have been there before, if you have ever been to anyone, there's a popular beach, it's Bar Beach, that's the popular one, Abi. Yeah, Bar Beach is not there anymore, but that's the one some of you will know. If you've been to that kind of place before, and you see millions and billions of metric tons of water moving in concert. When the waves go, how they go and all that. And then you can put yourself in an imaginative state. And imagine that all this water I am seeing like this. One man that has divine revelation and on the instruction of God stretched a rod and all this water divided in two it can begin to give you an idea of who god is some people don't know who god is and that's one of the reasons some people have never really had a testimony to share because they are looking at god as their helper you know somebody that all those, uh, what, what they call that thing? Urgent 2K. You know, all those send me. That's what they're looking at God as. That those people that when they are stranded, they say, ah, guy, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. I need 5K. Sharp, 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 sharp. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's, it's bigger than that. You must have a, re a revelation of his glory and splendor. You must have a revelation. If you've ever been to a government house, those are the kind of places you see those kind of things in this part of the world. If you've ever entered a government house and you see, you know when you go to your neighbor's house or you go to your friend's house, that young uncle that has money, you just see all those uh, big, big chairs and dining table. Uh -uh. When you enter the government house and you see, I'm not talking about gold-plated I'm talking about furniture that is made from ivory. You know what ivory is? You know, elephant. That thing that's on elephant's nose, the tusk. 
That's ivory. Very rare materials. It's what people used to do furniture. And you're saying that, ah! Oh! Then imagine the Almighty in his glory and splendor. I pray for you that God will reveal himself to you. So the first thing you need is a revelation of who God is. Number two is a revelation of who you are. Many people do not have a revelation of themselves, so they are operating their lives based on the revelation that others have said about them. I used to have one friend those days. When he, when we, when he dressed up, you now come to me. He said, Guy, <laughs> I find Abby. I say, Even if I tell you one million times that you are fine, if you don't agree or admit that you are fine or don't believe that you are fine, you cannot be fine. And that's the truth. People wait for others to tell them who they are. I wake up in the morning. I get dressed. I look at the mirror. I tell myself, Sechinedu, you are a fine boy. Oh yeah, thank God I'm a married man now, so my wife does that too. But before I married, I used to tell myself first. Yes. Because even if my wife tells me from now till next week, every minute from now till next week, if I do not believe it, I cannot be fine. And let me tell you what happens. When you do not have that belief that you are fine, when you appear in a place, you, would, you tend to be inferior. Abi, You have to have a revelation of who you are. Let me tell you if you don't know. The Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Some translation says you are fearfully and reverently made. Meaning there was some kind of spiritual, you know, sometimes when we worship, how tense the environment can be. There was that kind of environment when God was making you. There was reverence when God was making you. And then one nonsense boy that say he wants to sleep with you. You did not agree. It's not saying you too, you're, even, you're not even fine. I'm trying to manage you. And then you, you will not be crying. Then you say, I'm not fine. How can a demon be telling an angel how they look? It's because you do not have a revelation of who you are. Let me tell you another revelation. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. The Bible says, for ye, only you are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God who have been called out of dark, to, sorry, to show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Only you. That's who you are. If you do not know who you are, beloved, you will operate your life on what other people say you are. That's just what happened in our text. Jesus asked, who do people say I am? Some say, oh, some say you are Jeremiah. Maybe you don't know. Jeremiah's prophecy 
like more than half of the book of Jeremiah, those prophecies, he was in prison. Maybe you don't know. You say, ah! you, 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 are, you are prophesying like Jeremiah. Say, hey! <laughs> you don't know that it's prison you are going like that. Somebody come and say, ah, you sound like, oh, oh, no. So you now wake up. You want to tailor your life after that person. Now can be watching their videos. When the person scratch head. After you notice that every time the person talk for 15 minutes, he will scratch the right side of his head. He will talk again, talk again. After about uh, 10 minutes, after 15 minutes, after 25 minutes, he will now pick the left eye. You'll be watching. So you too, you will now be telling yourself, okay, after you talk, you say, are you getting me, huh? No. You have a revelation of who somebody else is. I, I, I was telling some people in the, I was telling some people in, the, in, in my office this morning, we were talking about certain things, and I said to them that I did not plan to be a pastor. Not plan, I did not want to be a pastor. And the reason I did not want to be a pastor was because I grew up with the belief that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And you know, pastors, pastors are positioned to receive. So I did not like the idea of being a pastor. Because I wanted, I like to give. Because it's more, the person that gives is on top. But by the time the revelation of who I am came clear to me, I knew that, okay, this was the work that was assigned for me to do. However, the being more blessed to give than to receive does not exclude pastors. So you can still be a pastor and reposition yourself as a giver instead of a receiver. A revelation of who you are is important. Let's go on. Number three. You must have a revelation of the enemy. Oh, some people will say, oh, why do we need to... Ah, come on, why are you bringing devil into this equation? Listen to me. Paul, he said it himself. He says, for we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. It is the warfare that you understand that you can win. Yes. If you do not understand the tactics of the enemy, you can't win it. That's why you must understand your enemy. You must understand the strategy with which your enemy attacks you. Yeah. Some people are listening to me. When good things are coming your way, and then you have this particular dream, before you know what's happening, those things just disappear. It's a strategy of the enemy. You need to be aware and deal with it. Some people are listening to me. You've been living a life of promise and fail, promise and fail. People go telling you, don't worry, I'll do it, I'll send it, don't worry, I'll help you. Don't worry, when the time comes, just give me a call. But every time you find out that when that time comes, the number you are calling does not have the facility to receive call. And it has been happening. That is a strategy of the devil and you need to know it. The reason you need to know it is because you need to know how to deal with it. What doctors do is that when you go to the hospital, they will be asking you some questions. Why? Because they want to know the drugs that they will prescribe to destroy the thing that is, at, is disturbing you. So they, you need to find out a revelation of who your enemy is. Let's go on. Number four. You need to have a revelation of the people that are around you. Very important. 
many people have missed it. Many people have entered their uncharted territories and they have mixed with people that are around them and they have been diverted. You must have a revelation of the people that are around you. You must know who you are relating with. You must know who you are speaking with or who you are speaking to. They say, ah, how are your children? They say, they are fine, no. Do you believe that my son is <laughs> just entering the secondary school now? Ah, God is good, oh. Then my daughter, ah, she even got a scholarship. They say she's the one that can speak English pass in the school. So they gave her the scholarship. They say, ah, ha, ha, ha. In fact, this morning, said, they did not go to school. Oh, because we went to the embassy. They went to go and write one aptitude test. And they said that anybody that passed, they would take them abroad. And my daughter, she's the one that has been passing it since. Ah, in fact, help me and thank God, though. The question was, how are your children? The answer is what? Finish. Why do you have to tell us according to Deuteronomy chapter for what? How are the kids? They are fine. Simple. You must know who you are speaking to, who you are speaking with. You must know who you are entering into partnerships with. Your business partners. Your life partners. Your study partners. Mm. People of the world understand this thing. I was out of town over the weekend. And while we were on our way, some of the guys with me were telling me a story about this particular man that he knows. He said, the man is a wealthy man, he's doing okay. And uh, he says, the man does a lot of businesses. He's a, a big man, does businesses. So he said that, the man was telling him there was a girl that they saw and they picked the girl up. You know? So obviously the man took the girl to one of the business trips and uh, they did what they did. And then the next time, the man was now telling this guy that, ah, he was asking, what of that girl? He said, ah, I'm avoiding her. He said, ah, what happened? Because the girl was calling, he was ending the call. He said, what happened? He said, ah, after that time, mm, all the business deals that we came here to do, it did not work. The people in the world, they understand a revelation of the people that are around you. Don't just meet somebody and say, you <laughs> see, pastor, you don't understand. Every time he talks, there's something that happens in my tummy. It's, it's just doing me. He said, in fact, next week, Wednesday, I'm going to bring him so that you can hear. In fact, let me call him now so that you hear his voice. Are you okay? You want to commit your destiny to somebody because of the way he talks. In the words of my father in the Lord, your head is not correct. You must have a revelation of the people that you are in business with. You must know who you are walking with, who you are talking to. Very important. Number five, let's go on because of time. You must have a revelation of times and seasons. Write First, Chron First Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. Multimedia, put that up for me quickly. First Chronicles 12 and verse 32. You must understand the times and the seasons that you are operating in. In that first Chronicles, it talks about the sons of Issachar, men that had understanding of times. The Bible says in their captains or their chiefs, there were just 200 
they had an understanding of what Israel needed to do. And everybody was at their command. That's what the Bible says. You must have an understanding of the times and the seasons that you are in. I was sharing this with some, with some pastors before. When we talk about church, once a man can lay hands on somebody like a madman or something, and the madman is healed, church has started. They are not interested in whether the man can speak English or he cannot speak English. They are not interested in whether the man went to school or did not go to school. They're not interested in whether the man dresses well or does not dress well. They're not interested whether the man does not shave his beard. As far as the man can do miracle, they are coming in their numbers. That was before. Now, these are our Gen Z people. If you like, bring their great-grandfather back to life. They say, but you know what I don't like about him? He doesn't know how to talk. Somebody just brought back your great-grandfather. And what you don't like about him, his beards were not properly carved. You know? Hey, God will deliver this generation. No? Multimedia, you are just bringing the first chronicles. Huh, you are welcome. Oh. You must have an understanding of how you operate. You went to school, have a degree in business. And you're saying, no, we can't send those things via WhatsApp. Has to be an official email with signature attachment and company seal. We'll be waiting. The world is changing. So you must understand the times and the seasons. You must understand, oh, I, 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 I will, I am, I am someone who is a, I'm very big on technology. So sometimes when I go to read up things about technology and all those... See, the way people do things now... Ah, if we don't wake up... I was sharing with somebody recently, I said to him that the Qatar World Cup, this, the, the finals is today, right? That Qatar World Cup, eh? When they finish, they built five brand new stadiums, expanded their national stadium and then built five brand new stadiums. Those five stadiums, after today, from tomorrow, they are going to dismantle them. They will turn some of them to housing estate. People will be living. They will use it to build houses. Then some of them, they will put it, if a country wants to rent, they will fly the parts to a country and set up a stadium for you. You will pay them. This world has gone. So all those people that say, you know, we need... 500 bags of cement. We need the... Uh, no, 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 no. The world is passing it. That's why you must have a revelation of times and seasons. You must know how to do the packaging. And you know one of the things I taught you a few, so, some time ago, I said to you, in First Samuel, yeah, last Sunday, I was talking to you about First Samuel, when God said to Samuel about, he says, Man does not, God does not see as man sees. Abi? It says, man looks at what? Church, oh yeah. Man looks at what? The outward appearance. But God looks at what? Good. If you are doing business, it's God that's looking at your heart. It's not man. So, if you are selling uh, 
plantain chips and you put it in those 10, 10 naira cellophane bags. In our world, we call them what? Bakery. That's what you are selling. No? If you are selling plantain chips and you put it inside a properly packaged bag, we call it what? Plantain chips. Man looks at the outward. It's God that is seeing the sincerity of your heart. In our eyes, it goes through the same process. Whether from planting, from harvesting, from uh, processing, from everything. The only difference is the packaging. So if you say, no, 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 no. We have to do things the, the way I, This is how my father transferred this business to me. And this is how we're going to continue with this business. You see, I appreciate your counsel. And I appreciate your honesty. But um, this... One company is about to buy your building. You must have a revelation of how things are done. One more thing, you must have a revelation of when to take over and when to take cover. This is still under this point. I'm, still, I'm just trying to expand it. It's not every time you need to show up. Sometimes you need to hide. There is a time to hide. There is a time to show up. I'm, talking about the revel I'm still talking on revelation of times and seasons. There's a time to hide and a time to show up. You must know the difference. There's a time to speak up. There's a time to keep quiet. You must know. God said to Joseph in a dream, he says, rise, take the boy Jesus and his mother and flee. What? For Pharaoh, sorry, for Herod will seek the boy's life. How can you say Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, in him who was and is and is to come, in him we live and move and have our being, the express image of the almighty. How can you say we should take him and run? Don't run. Stay there. A time to take cover and a time to take over. You must understand the seasons. Don't just jump into a decision because it looks rational. Mm -mm. Understand the seasons. When I, when I talk to married, couple, married couples, I tell them that when somebody is boiling in anger, that's not the best time to explain to the person what they did to you last week. Mm -mm. Allow the person to calm down. That is not the right time. You must understand times and seasons, how to speak, when to speak, to whom to speak. Somebody got jammed up in a, in a, in a, in some police, whatever. Member of the church. The person now called me. And I said, so what do you want me to do? He said, you're my pastor. And I said, we should call you. I said, no, I did not say you should call me for police. I said, okay. Look for the most senior person in that team. And give the phone to the person. He said, ah, pastor. The man that arrested me now, he will feel insulted. 
I say, okay, no. He said, you cannot identify the most senior person. I said, that person that arrested you, ask him that my ogre wants to speak to your ogre. Tell him like that. You know why? Because there are some people that you cannot speak to. They will not understand. Because those kind of people that, like the one that arrested you now, they are after one thing. How are you going to settle this matter here? But when I take the matter above his head to someone that has better reasoning, and I explain one or two things, the person can say, okay, let's let her go, just for this offense, but make sure next time. What was the offense? Seatbelt. Let me give you one more. You must understand a revelation. You must have a revelation of what to do. When you have a revelation of the times and seasons, the next kind of revelation you need is the revelation of what to do. Because a lot of people have information. They do not know how to apply it. A lot of people know certain things, but they do not know what to do with what they know. So you need a revelation of what to do. That's why that first chronicles that multimedia showed us. He said that they had a revelation of times and seasons. And they knew what Israel ought to do. So they would have been mentioned that they have revelation of times and seasons. Fine. But the Bible says they knew, not, they knew what Israel ought to do. It is because they knew the next move to make. That's why their brethren were at their command. Because there are a lot of people that have information, but they do not know what to do about the information. So they remain where they are. I've told you in this place, information does not change your life. Revelation does not bring manifestation. It is the corresponding action that allows for revelation for manifestation so if you have revelation and you do nothing with it it will lead to frustration but if you have revelation and you take action based on the revelation there will be manifestation that's how it works so you must have a revelation of what to do quickly how do i operate in divine revelation how do I operate in divine revelation? Number one, you must be born again. You must know God. I gave you an example using my son and the restaurant. If it's not my son, he will not be in a restaurant with me in the first place. In the second place, he will not be asking me what is this. So for you to operate in divine revelation, the first thing is that you must be a friend of God. You must be a child of God. And how do you do that? You must be born again. If you are, if you are not born again, there's nothing that can happen to you. Let me tell you this thing before I move on. When we are talking about divine revelation, there are different vehicles of divine revelation. God communicates to his children in different ways. Sometimes, some, for some people, God speaks to them directly. They can hear the voice of God as clearly as they, you can hear my voice now. For some people, God
God gives them visions. Some people, it comes as a dream. For some people, it comes as an impression in their heart. You just find out that something is just heavy in your heart. For some people, it can come as a burden, as passion for something. For some people, it could be a prophetic word. For some people, you can be studying the word of God or you may be reading your Bible and a particular verse keeps jumping at you. God can speak to you in different ways. I've told you the story of a man that God, a pastor that God spoke to through a madman. Do you remember that story? A pastor was going for a crusade. He was running late and he had a flat tire. So he cleared by the side of the road to change his tires. So he brought out the spare tire. He loosened the other ones and put the bolt by the side. As he was trying to do some adjustments, his legs kicked the bolts into the, into the gutter. And it was a very deep flowing gutter. He couldn't get the bolts anymore. So the pastor was stranded. Was there for about 40 minutes. A madman was passing. The madman just came to him by, by his side. He had bread in his pocket. Put his hand inside his pocket. Put bread in his mouth. He would eat. He would chew, 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 chew. Look at the pastor. He would spit the bread out. Put his hand inside his pocket. Bring the bread. Eat it. Chew, 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 chew. Spit it out. The pastor was there pleading, pleading the blood of Jesus. The madman now said to him, one tire, four boats. Take one, one boat from three tires. You now have three boats. You now hold, use three boats and hold the last tire. Put his hand inside his pocket. Put his bread in his mouth. He chewed and chewed, spat it out. I started going. It was then the eyes of the pastor's understanding was opened. It was a madman. See, God can speak to you through anybody. Can speak to you through anything. And why I'm saying this is because we tend to like classification. Say, ah! When that man was preaching, he gave us a word of knowledge. He said, God is showing him somebody. So, me, the only way God talks to me is through dreams. So, my own is inferior to that one. No. In the vehicles of divine communication, none is inferior to the other. I have to put this here so that you put it at the back of your mind. That you need to discover how God speaks to you and develop it. The reason people like me, that are pastors like to encourage people to hear God directly is because if for instance now your own is dream God speaks to you through dreams and uh, it means that if something happened in the afternoon you have to go and sleep before <laughs> you understand what I'm saying <laughs> so that's why and there's nothing wrong with developing more than one channel of communication with God that's why I, I usually laugh at some people God speaks to you from his word. The way God speaks to you 
is that there's a particular word that jumps at you every time you study your Bible. And if you follow it, things come out well. Or God speaks to you through an impression on your heart. Then, the day you want to marry. Let's say I was in a dream. And uh, there was a well. Very big well. And all the sisters in our church fell inside that well. Then I went there. And I took a rope, very strong rope. I threw it into the well. And then I brought out Sister Ebele. So this person is explaining to me, how do you know that this is your wife? He said there was a well. All the sisters in our church fell inside the well. And I took a rope and I put it inside the well and I brought out Sister Ebele. God has been speaking to you by the impression of your heart. He has been speaking to you through his word. Then you want to, instead of you to tell us that you want to marry Sister Ebele, you now say in the dream. Listen, God is not an author of confusion. So don't confuse yourself. I needed to say that about the vehicles of divine communication so that you can understand. None of them is inferior to the other. Even though we, we like to add some swag, pastors like to add some swag when they hear the voice of the Lord. They say there's somebody over there you're putting on. It's the same thing as the person who had a dream and God spoke to. Listen to me. First, first Kings, multimedia, first Kings chapter 5, chapter 3 and verse 5. Put it up. First Kings chapter 3 and verse 5. Let me show you something there. The richest man in his time, the wisest man in the world, in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in what? In what? In a dream of the night. So everything that happened about the destiny of Solomon is in the dream that he got it. So don't allow anybody to make you feel that how God speaks to you is inferior. But now we're talking about how to operate in divine revelation. Number one, you must be, one, you must be born again. Number two, you must, you, must have, you must have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You must have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit, some of your decision making will be nice, will be smooth. Like I was saying, you have done all the checklists, everything, but you have four brothers that everything on your list is checked. How do you pick that one now? Ini, mini, money, mo, father, harder, don't. That's what you're doing with your destiny. No. You need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, I will send you the comforter who will teach you all things. The person that can teach you all things, it first of all means that he knows all things. So you need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Number three, I'm trying to wrap up now. You must desire God. When I mean you must desire God, I talked to you about motive last Sunday. This desiring of God is a connection to that motive. David said, 
as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after. See, listen to me. There is a level you get to in your desire for God that he will just show up for you. When I'm talking about desire, I'm talking about real passion for God. Mm. Someone that desires God, <laughs> it, they don't show cleavage. No. They don't show cleavage. You don't, no, 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 no. Your dressing will reflect your desire for God. Your communication, the person you want to spend the rest of your life will reflect in your desire for God. You are coming to church on Sunday and you are looking for the clock. See, you are checking to your wardrobe. See, see this one. I've worn this one before. This one, this one is just there. Hang it back. And I go there. See. You'll not be shaking the cloth inside the hangar. He said, with this one, ah, I will wound those people tomorrow. You came to church to wound people. When you have desire for God, you don't come with the intention of wounding anybody with your dressing. Yeah. When you desire God, it will show in your workspace. It will show in your business transaction. It will show Everywhere you turn, one of the things that we lack, and that is the reason there is a lack of revival in our generation. Many people in our generation, we don't desire God. You know what the Bible says? It says, you will seek me and you will find me after you have sought me with all your heart. Some people are still seeking God with some of their heart. You say, ah! <laughs> they say, okay, we have an online prayer meeting. You say, you, say, prayer, you, you don't know that today is the World Cup final. You, you don't know that, uh, ah, no. That prayer meeting, okay, no problem. Put on the prayer meeting and put it online. They will just be there and be watching their World Cup. Just like those, those days during the pandemic, when we were doing, not the pandemic, yeah, Last year, when we were still doing our online meetings on Zoom. Remember those days we were still using Zoom before we switched it. You'll be doing, somebody will be speaking in tongues. Maybe like a Thursday. No, not Thursday. Uh, 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 Tuesday Bible study. Somebody's talking about character. And you'll be hearing the, the teacher teaching about character. Then somebody's microphone will now come on. You now say, I'm messy past the ball. Messy past the ball too. The person is watching Champions League. And it's in the Bible study. No. You have to desire God with everything. Today in our, um, um, in our update service, I was asking the people that attended, what is the effect of the World Cup on the economic system of the world? What's the effect of the people that are, people that are, that are in the hospital? After the World Cup, did they rise up and walk? The World Cup is strictly entertainment value. Nothing more than that. Nothing more than that. But you, you are watching the World Cup so that you can, you can win argument. You say, ah, no, 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 don't tell me that, don't tell me that. 
if you desire God, there are certain things that will automatically leave you. It's not like you run to watch football or watch a football game. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you have desire for God, your life will have what we call a scale of preference. There are some things you can't put over God in your life. When you have desire, it's like there's fire burning inside of you. You can't keep calm, just like as Jeremiah said. He says, his, his world is like fire that is shut up in my bones. I cannot stay one place. But people come to church and no desire. So let's lift up holy hands. Ah, the last person that came said we should lift up holy hands. What's all this holy hands? I will leave this place. So. Hey. God will deliver us. In the name of Jesus. Keys to operating in divine revelation. The last one is prayer. Listen. Prayer is in the revelation equation. If God is going to reveal some things to you, you must be a man or woman of prayer. Get on the way from me too. Fa my father in the Lord, Dr. Lukoya, I always say something. He said, the more you pray, the more you discover. What is discovery? Is it not information? Is it not revelation? He said, the more you pray, the more you discover. The more you discover, the more you recover. It's like a man that his father has bought up, bought up half of the properties in GRE, but he does not know. Why? He doesn't talk to anybody. That's what it is. But when you begin to talk to people, ah, it's your father's house now. You don't know. Ha, 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 no. Go and meet, see. Uh, okay. I, I know it's your father's house. Eh? But there's one um, man that lives beside that, that property. Eh? Go and talk to him. He will tell you the lawyer that uh, your father bought the property from. You now go there. You have discovered that it's your father's house. Now, the next thing we want to do is to recover. So we have to discover more to be able to do what? To recover. The more you pray, the more you discover. The more you discover, the more you recover. Prayer cannot be separated from the equation of revelation. If God is going to give you or deposit information that is above you into your life, you need to be a man or woman of prayer. When you are a man or woman of prayer, when there are crises in your office and everybody is running helter-skelter, God will give you the solution. And then you walk up to HR and tell them that <laughs> this thing that you are doing is not the right way. Write a letter to this one and explain the situation. You will see that this one will fight it for us. And HR will say, <laughs> you are just a genius staff. You don't understand. But madam, I know I'm a genius staff, but just do, write a letter first, Abby. Just write the letter. It's not going to do anything. Write it. It does not stop what you are doing. And by the time the letter is written and certain things begin to shift, and I say, hey, come. Who told you about writing this letter? Then you will now speak to them like Daniel spoke to Nebuchadnezzar. He said, I operate from a kingdom where information like this, they don't come cheap. He said, I serve a God who knows yesterday from today 
and knows tomorrow from yesterday. By that time, HR will begin to give you some respect. Yeah, they will not quickly take it to management. That first time, they will take it to, they will just go and do it. And management will say, ah, that's good, brilliant, alert. they will promote HR. But the technology of divine revelation is still inside of you. Another problem will happen. You'll be working on your own. HR will call you. Say, hey, we are having so so and so challenge in the office. You say, hey. It's okay, so what 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 do you think we should do? Say, I don't know. Let's say, but you told me that that there's one tech. Oh, okay, you are interested in my technology. Then you first remind HR that the last time I told you they promoted you, did you tell me anything? Didn't tell me anything now. HR said, Don't worry. He said, no, no, I'm not asking you to do anything. But make sure that when you are telling the boss, you tell the boss that it's me that told you. The more you pray, the more you discover. The more you discover, the more you recover. Rise to your feet, beloved. For two minutes... If you are in this meeting and you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, now is a perfect time for you to do so. I'm just going to do this for two minutes. If you want to give your life to Christ, just raise your hands above your head quickly. Let's take that out of the way quickly. Our time is fast spent. Two minutes. If you have not surrendered your life to Christ, raise your hand above your head. I want to pray for you. God bless you, sir. See, <laughs> The revelation of yourself is more important than what people think about you. Don't be thinking that hey, if I raise my hand now, they be, and don't expect me to tell people to close their eyes. Don't, if, if they close their eyes, open, even if I tell them to close their eyes, they will still open it. So if you want to give your life to Christ, forget about everybody. Just raise your right hand. I want to pray for you. God bless you, sister. God bless you, ma. God bless you, sir. Close your eyes. And you, if your hands are up, just raise it above your head so that I can see it very well. God bless you. And you will close your eyes where you are and say this after me. Say, my father, I thank you for the gift of life. Today I have heard your word. And I know I am a sinner. Today I surrender my life to you. I say bye-bye to the devil. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Make my life your temple. And accept me today as your own. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Father, I pray for your children who have prayed this prayer. I ask, O oh God, that you will arise. And you will visit them today. Let their names be written in the book of life. Let the enemy not harvest their souls and above all you will preserve them to the end on the last day they will all enter your kingdom accept them O lord and let your name be praised thank you abba father in jesus mighty name we pray i want you to jam your hands together for jesus everybody is that how you clap when someone surrenders their life to jesus the Bible says that there is joy in heaven over a sinner who repents. Clap those hands together. Hallelujah.
So those of you who gave your life to Christ, immediately after the service, just find yourself, just find your way to the pastor's seat here. Our pastors and ministers will speak with you and share one or two things with you. Praise the name of the Lord. Close your eyes. Two important prayers before we close this service. Two important prayers before we close this service. Close your eyes and you will shout this one at the top of your voice. Make sure you pray it. Forget about your neighbor. Pray it for yourself. Pray it very well. Say, my father, my father. arise. Reveal yourself to me. That's one of the most powerful prayers you can pray for yourself. So get ready. Close your eyes. Say, my father, my father. arise. Reveal yourself to me. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and decree. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Pray the second one louder than the first one. Say, oh God, my Father. Show me myself. A revelation of who you are. Close your eyes. Say, oh God, my Father. Show me myself. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and decree. in jesus mighty name we pray i pray for you today by the spirit of the living god as you thunder with your amen right now in your sleep tonight i decree you will receive a revelation of God. That kind of revelation that will transform your life for good. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.